Maybe we turn it into a disruptive podcast. When you play heavy rock, I want to kill everyone around me. So do not play heavy metal around me. I'm at a point now where I'm, you know, financially free. I can just do what I want. I can chill. Controversy seems to sell. When people are building brands and trying to get all eyes on them, do you think that people should be controversial? People say to me, oh, Ted, when are you going to follow me? When are you going to give me a follow back? Always. And I'm like, shut up. But I don't want to see your shit. <laughs> this is for you. You know who you are, people. So, guys, conspiracy theories. Guys, dream big, podcast, special guest, yellow, orange, infamous or famous. Let's see what he has to say. Introduce yourself. Hey everyone, I'm Tej. I am a humble... That is the most sombre intro <laughs> I've ever seen. That is not you. Listen, it's Saturday, I've been to the spa, did my, my face did, I was in the sauna steam room, the heat <laughs> is just getting to me. I'm a property developer, investor. Uh, I teach people how to do property, build their brands. I have a podcast with almost a million downloads. We're getting there day by day. I do some public speaking, which we've done together, which has been awesome. I am buying businesses. I'm currently buying a cleaning business and looking at a few different types of businesses. And I've written two books on Amazon, one of which is still the only book on buy, refurbish, refinance that you know actually gives value and content. So Love that. That's Great cool. intro. Somba intro. We're taking it easy. I'm sure you'll get me riled up with some of your questions. Yes. Maybe um, maybe we turn it into a disruptive podcast. Well, you you have been disruptive in the industry. Coming in, kicking doors down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like <laughs> Literally. that. Literally. Trying. So, let's get straight into some interesting things that people don't know about you. Okay, yeah. Okay. You can dance. Uh, you have lots of videos on a personal collection, which I'm yet to see somewhere. So I don't know if you're building some sort of big montage of me, <laughs> but it's... You, you, I do actually have some really cool videos of you, you dancing. I could, I could make a whole reel of them, I think. But yes, I used to be a professional dancer. I've danced in front of four and a half thousand people at Wembley. Wow. The same stage as Beyonce. She wasn't there. I think she was in the audience screaming my name, probably. But she wasn't there. And yeah, I stopped that seven years ago, I think. Okay, what is it about dancing? What? Why? I don't understand it. I... Uh, <laughs> I am a creative. I, <laughs> I am a creative person. I love designing things, and so dancing is, I think, an outlet of creativity. Uh, I think music, when I hear it, is just some of it, not everything. Like Burner Boy. Burner Boy. When you play heavy rock, I want to kill everyone around me. <laughs> so do not play heavy metal around me. Um, when I hear music, it just it just gets into me. I can't I can't control it. it, it, it the brain waves, everything changes, and it's. It's good exercise, it's good fun, and it's just an output of creative energy. Are you the life and soul of the party? I have been told on multiple occasions by multiple people, but I don't know. I mean... I, I'm telling you, you are. Oh, well, then I, I'll take it. You so, know? the Black Tie event, you was the life and soul of the party. And that was the first event you and I really did, yes. like when I was on stage with you. Like, yeah. Yes, life and soul of the party. I actually remember looking out into the crowd and you was actually the one that started the dancing off. I probably did, yes. The tables moved and I just saw that the Red Sea basically parted. And I, yeah. And then also at the networking event where Michael Jackson decided to come along. And I can't believe you got him back from the dead. I mean, <laughs> the amount of things you can do, eh? Yeah, he really looked like him, didn't he? He did. <laughs> yes, he danced like him as well. He did dance like him. Yes, then you decided to take it into your own hands. Listen, sometimes some things are better in your own hands. Okay. But whilst also being shared with others, you know, we can all hold the responsibility of dance and vibes and energy, you know? I saw your shoulders moving. 
Yeah, my you, shoulders were definitely yeah, going. You understood it then. You, yeah. had, you got the my assignment. Sh- my shoulders were going, not much else. But my, sh- my shoulders started moving a little bit. It's you don't, you don't want me dancing because like you, you had all that experience. I don't know how much um, you practiced as a kid, but if I decided to come on stage, you'd, you'd be in trouble. I think I would have to just walk off, bow, yeah. and say I'm never going to dance again. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's why I don't do it. But maybe at the black tie event on June the tenth, I'm going to have to drag you like an Indian auntie at a wedding <laughs> onto the dance floor. <laughs> maybe we have a dance off. Not me, you and a couple of the members of the circle and people who come. We might have to. Let's see. Okay, different type of start to a podcast. Yeah, no, definitely. I much prefer this. But it's fun. What what do we have here? Oh wow. Okay, so this is your website. This is my website, yeah. Did you design this or did you get someone to do it I for you? I designed it all myself. I love doing it. You know, and I find it quite um, straightforward. I've designed stuff for my mentees, for their websites, etc. because I love it. Can we go back up to meet your host? So go down a little bit. There we go. So after buying 15 properties in your first nine months, um, building a £1.3 million portfolio and raising £850,000 of private investor finance, you are now buying and building other businesses. So does that mean you're completely out of property? No, I think it's too good of an asset to leave. I think once you buy it and you know how to buy it, you've got the team, you've got the knowledge, you've got the investors. I'll always keep buying property, but it'll be very outsourced. I might use a deal sourcer, God forbid if I have to. Um, My division well, yes, is probably well, can... the best ever you're going to see. Because <laughs> yeah, you... you're going to say you're better. But, yeah, but you, ha- you know, my expectations are quite high. Yep. So I might, you know, use deal sources. My builder's going to do everything. I'm going to say, here's the designs. Shoo. See you in six months. I don't, I don't care. You discover an Anglo-Saxon body under. I don't care. Just see me. Give me the keys when it's done and we're done. Give it to my agent. Let me know when the money solicitors. Let me know. I'm, I'm out. You don't so, want, you don't want hands on. No, I'm, I've done that. I've been there, done that. You do it at an incredible level. It doesn't interest me anymore. I'll buy it. It's an asset. Just like I'll keep investing in stocks and shares but I'm not in it like I was. I did a viewing yesterday though. Oh, okay, that's yeah. a shock because I haven't heard you mention anything like that for a while. I literally haven't done a viewing for so long. It was two minutes from my house and potentially a good deal actually. Is this the one you put on your story? Yes, it yes, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see it. Because this agent, he he valued my own house that I live in, which we've made money on, which is awesome. I, you know, I've kind of been back and forth with him about a few different deals and assisted sales and things like that. So he kind of comes to me and says, I've got this weird one, have a look. So you are always going to be in property, but you're not going to be doing what you did when you did that. No, because, oh, it was stress. It was headache. It was uh, blood pressure. It was mental health. It was, there was just so much, um, so much that made it so challenging, but I'm so grateful for it because I'm at a point now where I'm, you know, financially free, which I'm sure we'll talk about. I can just do what I want. I can chill. I I don't have to worry. They're tenanted. The flips are doing what they need to do. It's just... I'm easy, you know? Okay. You are a very relaxed person, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Very relaxed. <laughs> Life's too can, short. Can we take a look at his Instagram, guys? Can we pull his Instagram up, please, if that's okay? My website's quite nice. It looks really nice on this big TV. I'm Your website is, so um, is very good. But we're going on to Candid, the third photo. Um, no, not a Candid at all. Okay. There we are. At the oh, that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's pretty cool. Taka has to log in. Oh, he's using his uh, incognito mode. Yes. Oh, nice. We've got his password. Oh, I just can't get the stuff. <laughs> you don't need to go into it. It's com- <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, do you know, like, you do that one where you put the uh, set my goals in three ways and you give out, like, the, the reels that you do where you give the information? Do you get a lot of interaction? 
Yes, I think the more, uh, not controversial, but the more sort of dramatic or the more sort of shocking or interesting they are, they get more engagement. There's one I did about HMOs, which for me was like a boring chat about why I don't invest in HMOs. I know you do and I know you like them. That got so much engagement. I was like, what? I, I don't give a shit about this topic. Yeah. I just happened to be talking about it. So it's a topic that people want to know about. Yes. And I was very like, I don't do it. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, you know, oh, I love it. Or like Steve said that he does it. You know, why, why don't you do it? So when there's something that's different or interesting, it tends to get more engagement. Okay. I did the cocaine one on the builders the other day. Oh. And it got a lot of interaction. It got a lot of DMs where people wanted to kill me. Oh, nice. probably the builders that was on cocaine because the ones that wasn't on cocaine found it hilarious. <laughs> but controversy seems to sell. A hundred percent. Society. So when people are building brands and trying to get all eyes on them, do you think that people should be controversial? Or do you think people should just, just carry on with what they're doing? Because the growth level of doing you compared to the growth level of calling someone out and being quite, it is completely different, isn't it? It is. I think, look, if you are that person, if you're the kind of person who is just a controversial person, you have strong opinions, they're strongly held, you like to share them, you like to argue, you like to say, nah, you're wrong, I'm right, then please do that because that's you, right? You shouldn't hide that. If you're not that kind of person, then... I don't think you should because you're not being authentic. Now, I think you should use red colors, yellow. I think you should, you know, put words there that are going to kind of get attention. You know, you should use photos that are going to get attention, the cocaine thing. You could have said, uh, we had an issue with builders, right? And that would have got half the engagement. And But you didn't. You said something about cocaine. They're both true. But we pick one that gets more engagement because unfortunately, yep. we have to. Otherwise, we're wasting hours of video, hours of editing, to not get engagement because we were, you know, very bland with the title. So people have to just have catchy, engaging titles. And this is why copywriting is so important. The most like underrated skill of anyone in a brand is copywriting. Are you able to write copy that's gonna engage people? So if it's you, do it. If it's not, you know, be true to yourself, but be engaging. You can see the ones that are forcing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it all the time. I'm, I'm very opinionated. You know me personally. <laughs> But I'm not someone who's going on social media to have a drama because yeah, I, yeah. I don't get paid from that. Uh, it'll get me eyes and views, but I'm all about making money. So yeah. anybody speaks to me face to face and wants to know my opinion on something, if I have an opinion, you're getting it. But I'm not going on social media just to do it for the sake of it. I'll do it when I strongly believe in something. You called my car an Audi. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you still call my cars Audis. I do. Um, you into cars? Love cars. You've got a car outside that costs as much as a jet to run. Um, unfortunately, it does. Yep, I think about this sometimes. Yes. I try not to think about it. What's your thoughts on it? Because I know how much that car costs to run. Um, you know what? Every the other day, I was shouting at my car. I was like, "Why are you showing me the reserve sign again?" Right? Because they put in such a small tank as well. It's it, and that's also an issue. Right? Having to find a petrol station, stop, get out. Do, so for me. When that happens, I, I then I then put my foot just past 2,000 revs and it goes, <clears throat> and I say, okay, it's, it's okay. It's okay. This is why I've bought it because yes, it costs more to run, but then at the same time, I don't, I don't know, buy watches. I don't buy, I don't go to Waitrose. I don't, I don't spend on other things. So for me, the sound when it that it makes when it starts up, the sound when I'm driving, the fun from driving it, 
far outweighs that cost. Yeah. You know, for me, it's a, it's an emotion. I'm paying for an emotion and like, how often can an emotion be paid for that easily? Dream car? Koenigsegg. So you've gone right to the top. I've, you know why? It's the, if my, in my opinion, it's the only car, an only car make that is 100% its own, as far as I know. The only car that has a manual and automatic gearbox in one and a manual with different shift mode. Like it's, it's insane. The engineering in those cars is just, no one is near. Like Bugatti, okay, fine. Bugatti is a, a, a trophy. It's a, engineering wise, I'll fight anyone. No one is near Koenigsegg. Do you know which one you want? They keep releasing all the time. My, the first one I had on my room, in my room, was the CC8S. I think that was one of the first ones. Then I had the CCX and the CCR. Whatever he comes out with, basically, I will just have. The Regera is gorgeous. The yes. Tesco's nice. The I think, nice. I think Carl, Hartley's got, um, Carl Hartley's got one now and said it's the best car he's ever had. Uh, the so engineering coming is from someone like him, who's had every single car known to, to human possible, to say that, that's a big... A big statement. It's massive. I've just saw the release of the Rivalto, the Lamborghini, the new oh, one. Oh, nice. You were there. Yeah, Sensational. Yeah. That is an absolute beautiful car. It is car. gorgeous. It is nice. But it's an Audi. It is. However, for the first time, they're actually, as far as I know, using less Audi parts, a lot more original. They fixed the gearbox in the Aventador. From what I can see, there's actually, there seem to be a bit of a divergence from Audi in this model. Okay. As far as Let I Let me know when it's cool to have one. Listen, they are beautiful machines, and it, I wouldn't necessarily not have one, but it just annoys me, you know, that I'd pay that much, and I know everyone shares parts and stuff, but I just want to be like, that came from a factory in Italy. That That's was made why it's by the car owners like for you, isn't it? Because it's individual, and you know it's handmade, basically, everything. with them. That's my issue, because I like cars so much, I'm just so, like... That annoys me. You, you know? are a Eurus fan, though, aren't you? I like the Eurus in terms of like, it's just, look at it. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, they and are. And you know, it's a statement as well. Like, even I know you, right? But when you pulled up here, it's just a statement. Yeah. And I know the impact it has on business. So I'm not against them at all. And I just know the perception as well. Like, if someone turns up in a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, there's a different perception. Yep. And I know the importance of that in business. Yep. So, Ferrari, Lamborghini. I've always been a Ferrari fan. My yeah. whole life, my dream was to own a Ferrari. I got to actually own a Ferrari and I've owned multiple ones. Um, ones. But I got treated very badly by Ferrari in Birmingham. And it completely soured my taste. And then I decided I'm not going to spend my money at Ferrari. So I went to... Lamborghini. Oh, hang on a second here. There's you in my Audi. There's me in the Audi. And guess what? I made 10 grand off that video. Everyone signed up to my course. It was fantastic. See, see. I actually see. had one person DM me, by the way. Power like, of social media. Uh, like actually thinking it was real. And they said, oh my God, like, yeah, let me sign up. And I was like, no. <laughs> it's <laughs> no. banter. Yeah, I was like, what do I say? I remember you filming that on the day, actually, in my Audi. It works though. Yeah, if you do use it for that. Like, 100% it works. And we talk about this all the time. So you, you said to me a couple of months ago, you was like, Steve, the property circle. I'd never see you sell the property circle. Never. You, but we have a thousand members. Which is mad. And you're like, you, I never see you push it. And I'm like, I don't push it because if people want to join and they meet me and they understand what it is when they ask me, I'll, I'll sell it. And then me and you had a conversation. And I was like, it'd be pretty easy for me to pull out all my cars, easy. stand in front of them, make a call video, and say, you could be financially free in seven days and <laughs> sign up to my course. And I'll probably do a million pound a week. Um, I've never done it. 
I have no intentions of ever doing it. So guys, if you ever see me doing that, call me out. Remember this podcast. Remember what I said. Yeah, here we got it. I'm a, I'm a car guy. So well, now we just pulled that up. I want to talk about what I said in a minute, but this is very, very important. Perception on social media, financial freedom. What is financial freedom to you? For me, financial freedom is, is two things. One half is a spreadsheet. It is it's maths. It's do I have enough money to cover all my outgoings and then a little bit of spice on the side and then maybe some left. You know, do, do I have enough money that factually on paper, mortgage, bills, car, clothes shop, everything is covered and then I've got some extra. And does it come from multiple streams of income? For me, that's the sort of like on paper, this is a, a sum everyone can do, work out the maths, done. And the other half is something we spoke about at Milton Keynes, which is the mental sort of side, which is like contentment, which is, you, you were talking about lifestyle inflation. Of course that happens. And as entrepreneurs, we never stop sort of making and building. So when do we stop and when do we balance that? So the other half is, have I got enough that I'm content here? And if my lifestyle does inflate slightly, how do I then cover that? But am I not hedonistically chasing things on this side whilst sort of trying to get this to catch up or building the money up so much to kind of chase things that I don't actually want or need or really deeply give me pleasure? So it's kind of balancing both sides, one factual and mathematical, one very perception, very, what is my worldview? What's my upbringing? How do I feel about my happiness and my contentment? And what is it based on? You're only, you're, you personally are only one of a few people that I know that are very content with life because you are genuinely content. You're happy all the time, apart from when you're upset with people not answering <laughs> court documents maybe yeah, or perhaps, something yeah, like yeah. that, which we will touch upon later on because yeah. that was hilarious. <laughs> Did he respond to you after that, by the way? Uh, no, I'm actually getting a solicitor to just review the stuff finally, but she's on holiday this weekend. And so on Monday, I'll get it reviewed and I'm sending it. On We're going day. to touch on that in a second. 100%. Um, but going back to the Ferrari thing in Birmingham, and I wanted to ask you a question about Ferrari and Lamborghini. Massive Ferrari fan. And then I had a very bad experience with Ferrari in Birmingham. They were very condescending. Huh. Um, and the manager there... He was just somebody who, to me, didn't understand what it meant for somebody who's dreamed about that moment for 15, 20 years and then finally got to achieve it. It was just another transaction to them. So that type of person to me shouldn't be the leader of Hell that no. kind of thing because if I was the dealer principal at Ferrari, I would. they don't sell a lot. Right, let's, let's be completely honest. Even if they sell three a month, it's not like going down to your local certain garages and you sell 100 cars a month. They do yeah. three or four. So having that personal touch is not very difficult. No, not um, But I had, I, I, had, I had quite a few Ferraris and then on my last one, it didn't really work out where I was happy. So I jumped into a Lamborghini and they've treated me absolutely fantastic. What perception do you have of a, of a Ferrari driver and a Lamborghini driver? So for me, Ferrari, and I think, I think it's always been the case. And when I talk to people, I think it's similar. Ferrari generally seems more classy, more understated. I think the design itself is that. Like a Lamborghini has like a hundred cuts on the whole body that look incredible and aggressive and angry. Ferrari have curves and have different shapes and are a bit more svelte and they just carry themselves. So for me, a Ferrari driver, I'd probably say is older, is not interested in loud noises and gargles and burps from the exhaust and things like that. A, a Lamborghini driver is probably, especially nowadays, a lot younger. 
a lot more interested in the design, in the how it looks, the perception. And I think Lamborghini now, even though Ferraris are the same price, if not more, you know, kind of in the same market, something about Lamborghini just carries a perception these days of just being more, being worth more, carrying more value, being more... You see someone in Lamborghini, I think the perception is of a higher wealth level. That's how I see it nowadays. Even though some Ferraris will be more expensive and maybe carry more value and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, there's. I think there are differing perceptions. Yeah, massive perceptions. And obviously having owned both of them, I understand how people judge you on both because I've seen it. I've been in there and I, I've actually experienced how I've been treated in, in two different cars. Quite interesting, actually. I want to do a video on the, um, on the Birmingham Ferrari issue. Because you should do it in front of the dealership. <laughs> I might actually, because to be fair, it was it was it wasn't good. So, but then that's the disruption side of it. And but there's no excuse, like you said, it, like it's a very expensive car by, by by most people's standards. They don't sell much. It's really not difficult to give a personal touch. Like you are, they're not representing. You're representing Ferrari. This is an Italian brand of passion and love and anger. And and you you turn up and you get that treatment. Like that's yeah. not on. Yeah, and that's why I think they need to start picking who is the person who, who is at the top. Because if the person's got no passion and doesn't understand certain stories, then maybe they shouldn't be at the top of the, of the, of the brand. But anyway, it's a whole other video coming soon. Duna's going to work his magic. There you go. Big up Duna. Like big, up, big, up dunes, big up Dunes. Going back to the court cases and the CCJs, um, Tedge talks, because Tedge likes to talk. Is that true? Yeah, but like I'm a bit like Tony Robbins. In <laughs> Are you like, playing this down? Like, no, no, because my voice, like I just lose my voice so easily. It's really weird. Like I can do like three or four mentoring sessions a week and then I'm like, no more, please leave me alone. I just, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So does that mean you like the sound of your own voice? No. Okay. That's I, a, but I listen to people and I think you have a really nice voice. You should do my podcast intro. You know, Who people, has a nice voice? Oh, I don't, you know, I don't even know their names. It's like people that I meet or like hear at events. He, and he like, wants to say, but he's going to get called out. I can see it in his face. I'm to think, who do I know who has it? You know what? No, what? No, I can't think of any of my friends who have a good voice. Is there anybody on social media whose voice you listen to and you're like, okay. And it doesn't have to be property in general in the world. Is there anyone's voice that actually makes you go, I like to listen to what you've got to say from the voice? Because I've got one. For just from the voice? Yeah. Um, uh, Mo the Comedian. Okay. Yeah, he's so funny. And I remember following him back. I saw him when it was like 100 people in a room. Now he's selling out the O2. And I just, his voice is something, because he laughs at himself and his voice is so playful. And like, he's so good at accents and voices that when I hear him, I just, I, I just want to listen. Okay, that's cool. I like Joe Rogan. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his voice is quite soothing. And I like listening yeah, to his podcast. I see that. Great at podcasts. Absolutely sensational. Yeah, he's yeah of the, course. He, he's, he's awesome. He's number one, isn't he? He's been for a long time. I think he'll always be number one. He gets the guests as well, doesn't he? Which give him that status. He's earned it. So you had an issue recently with somebody and you posted it on social media. You give them a warning beforehand to say, I will be posting you on social media. No names at the moment. Please respond to me. That one didn't respond to you. It didn't respond. Yeah, nope. Not that time, no. Yep. And you gave multiple warnings, multiple opportunities. And then in the end, you decided, I'm just going to issue a county court judgment against you because you have not responded, even though he had people who were watching your stories who you knew were from his team. Yeah. Is that something that you feel 
you do because you know it gets the response you want and you really don't want to go down the CCJ route because you just want them to give you the money. And obviously, if they'd have done it, have dealt with it beforehand, it wouldn't have even made social media. Do you think that is a good thing to show people or do you think that's a bad thing to show people? I think it's both. I think at the end of the day, as Rihanna said, bitch better have my money, you know? So that, that's the whole time Rihanna. Wow, okay. It's, it's as simple as that. Like, if you mess around in any type of way, this applies to tenants, this applies to anything, like, if you owe me, you owe me, you know? And it doesn't mean that I'm holding onto it mentally. I'm sitting there at home like, oh, like it's like compartmentalized over there. But it's good because people need to see the reality of business. It's not always like everything goes well and we all get along and everything's happy and everyone pays what they're supposed to. No, there's a lot of liars and fakes and pretenders in business. Even, and the biggest people often sort of are them as well. So it's important to show people, look, this is the reality. No one wants to take legal action. It's expensive. It's time consuming. It's just sapping your own energy. Exactly. No one wants to do it. So I think it's bad in the sense that some people might say, oh my God, like, I'm scared to do business with him. I'm like, well, maybe you fucking should. Like, if you're scared to do business with me, what's wrong with you? Because why are you scared? I'm not scared. Because if you've got no bad intentions or nothing's going to, you've got no thought process where it's going to go wrong, there's no problem, is there? Yeah. Like, if, if you're not bad mind, then it's not, then there's no issue. Um, and that's why I do the warnings now. Before I didn't, before it'd be straight to the gun to the head, done. But now I'm like, I give the warnings to show, look, everyone. I'm I'm trying to get my money back as simple as that and if I need to do this to make it work then I will and I know it works like it works in this case it works with restaurants that have done, it just works because people don't want to be put on blast um, I had it the other day I was at home last bank holiday and I got a text message on my work phone um, from somebody who's messaged me previously but is not a member of the circle or we've never done anything I've never met this person don't even know who they are and he was like, hi, Steve, um, so-and-so has owes me some money. Um, have you ever had any problems with him before? I know you use him. I know he's your guy, X, Y, and Z. So I text back saying, where have you got the information from that he's my guy? Um, what gives you the impression that I've worked with him before? Um, I'm completely confused. Oh, we saw him on one of your YouTube channels in the background or something. And I was like, okay. He was at an event, like I'm trying to get to the bottom of where this person was. And the person was like, well, we just saw him on your YouTube channel and we contacted them. And I was like, so let me clarify. He's never worked for me. I've never used him. I've only ever spoke to him three times in my entire life. If he's been to all of my events, that's not my thingy. And then the person texts back, well, because he's been on your YouTube channel, we just presumed that you're going to vouch for him. And I was like, okay, so what have you texted me for? Well, we're going to put him all over social media on Tuesday and I'd like you to contact him to tell him. And I was like, unfortunately, that's not how this works. Um, like, I have no intentions of getting in between you and him. If you was a member of the property circle and we'd said, use him, yep. I'd be all over this instantly. You wouldn't have even had to text me. I'd have already yeah, been on it. Um, but people use it as a threat in, in, in the wrong way. And it upsets me sometimes when I see it. People deserve to go to the length you go to with the CCJs when they have had multiple, multiple occasions to respond or, or sell. And there's emails and calls behind this as well. I you already know, know that because yeah. I know you. Because you're, you're a person who's very analytical. So you will have email traces. You will keep a log of calls. Because if it does end up in court, you want to say, well, he had 25 occasions before <laughs> I even did anything. So I, I understand it. I do understand it massively. And I do see the power in doing that and when you're old money 
that there is that it's, it, it is a resolve now, isn't it? Because people don't want to be called out on social media. No. But people do forget the next day. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Everything is shallow. Everything is like the recency effect. You're only as good as your last race. You're only as good as your last post. Like, people don't remember the bigger because you know there's how many people do we follow there's like hundreds of things that we see every single day like we just won't remember it do you get bored of social media um yeah like in, in the sense that maybe there's not enough good content at a certain time or like i'm like oh why do i have to record another video but generally i enjoy it because it's the creativity right i get to create content I, I may not design things as much anymore but i'm still behind the video i'm still sort of the ceo i suppose of my brand so and having discussions like this, which make me think about myself and my brand and things like this, I love it. So, I mean, there's pros and cons. It is a double-edged sword, a very sharp double-edged sword, but I don't get bored of it too much, to be fair. That's good. I'm a big fan of branding. I'm a big fan of building your brand. I've worked tirelessly mm -hmm. to build mine and Isabella's brands. Um, we go all out. We try our hardest. If we've got an idea, we will do it to the best that we physically feel is possible. Um, you're really into branding at the moment, aren't you? Like it's something like you messaged me the other day about maybe speaking to some of my agents yeah. and explaining branding and stuff like that. I spot people who care more about the likes and the views than they do with the money side of things. Now I build my brand to earn money. I build my brand to get credibility. You are a brand. Genuinely, you are a brand. You're one of the guys in the industry who sticks to what you do and you push it out there. When you've put that down, the ultimate brand builder, and now you're explaining, you're helping people, do you feel that you're benefiting people by giving your expertise? I know you say yes because I'm selling it, but what is it about you that separates you from other people that have built brands? Yeah, I think one of the key things is authenticity, which we speak about a lot. It's the fact that I have created a brand that's, raised me money which has therefore made me money but also made me more than six figures in education and for someone who doesn't you know push it as much as i could or who doesn't you know do it on the level of certain people in the industry when i saw that i was like fair enough because the brand stuff uh, doesn't really cost me much you know it's yeah there's a camera there's some editing there's this but really for a low cost i'm making a return on this whilst not having to show wealth or not having to be in dubai and pretend i'm you know authentically building a brand is something that actually is so rare um, especially in property especially in business so I think that's the first and main thing it's the fact that I can do it this way and I can show people how to do it how to sell their course how to whatever it is they want to do but without the need for you know oh here's my watch and here's my thing so that, that's the first thing I think secondly I've done it I've built the brand with nearly a million downloads in the, on a podcast in well since 2018 you know, how many people have done that in a niche? Because most of those listens are property, got the most reviews of any property podcast. Again, you know, for someone who has taken months off podcasting sometimes, I'm like flipping heck, like this is, this is decent. You touched on something that's super important to me there. And again, you know me personally, you are selling something about something you've done. And a lot of the education that you see in the world today, and not just in property, yes, because I'm not here to. I used to. I used to compare what I do. So when I started the education side of things, I was very nervous to put my name out there because I'm a property developer. That's how I make my money. You actively see it in my weeklies. I buy a lot of shit. A lot. 
But then I was like, well, I can give back here with the education and earn money at the same time, which is what I'm about. But I was very nervous to put my name to the education because of the reputation it actually has. And there's a lot of people out there that sell stuff and don't actually know what they're talking about. Now, I used to be very caught up with the property world on that. Now I'm seeing it in everything because I look a wider audience now. I don't concentrate because I don't believe now that I have to compete with anyone in the property world. That's my opinion. I don't think anyone's on my level. I don't think anyone does what I do. So I don't look at anymore. I used to. Oh my God, I was like addicted to watching other people. I can imagine. Yes, because obviously when you're building, you want to be... It's research as well. Yeah, it's very important. But after my research for a year and a half, I've realized, you know, there's not many people that do what I do. So I'm just going to carry on. But the authenticity side of it, how do you think it should be regulated? Now, I know that if I, I sell courses on BRRR, flipping, deal sourcing, project management, and auction, I have years and years and years of experience in all of them. I don't do rent to rent. I don't do service accommodation. Someone phoned me up tomorrow, the government, and said, Steve, to sell that course, you've got to take an exam. I'll be like, yeah, book me and I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> in my opinion, because I should know what I'm talking about, so I should be able to pass an exam. What do you think we could do to regulate this? I don't think we can. Because the people who regulate it are going to come with their own biases. It's like AI. Okay, AI is meant to be this computer that's not biased. Who's writing AI? 21-year-old American college grads from Google. So what about their life biases? AI is not neutral, it's biased. So therefore, so is education. If If we bring together the six top people in property, two of them are probably lying. Right? If we try and regulate it, we're going to say, well, based on our standards or based on these minimum standards, you shouldn't be selling it. Here's a rubber stamp. And I think, I think a bunch of guys tried to do that and, well, no one has heard about them or knows what's going on. I just think it's too difficult to regulate it because of bias and because of subjectivity. And, I mean, look, we, we can give advice and we can say, oh, you know, someone should have at least a year or two in this. They should have gone through, in SA, they should have gone through winter and summer. You know, in uh, flips, they should have done a project with an extension. They should have put some steels in. Party wall agreements before you teach. But at the end of the day, if I get, when people are doing this, if I get five, you know, rent essays in Birmingham, standard story now, there's loads of people out there, and I'm making three grand a month, uh, or I'm saying that, I go to buy one time, hire a Lamborghini, usual story, take loads of pictures, I come back, I show my bank statements, I'm young, young people look at me and say, well, he's 21, he's doing all this, I'm selling, are you going to stop me? Hell no. Like, so, I, I just think, I, I just think it can't be regulated. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of in agreement, so I would lo- love to be able to stop, because the thing that upsets me is people lose a lot of money. Yep. It's, it's, it's bad money, um, sorry, it's good money after, after badge education, and yeah. it's very sad, and, I don't think it can be stopped. It can't be. And you know what? There's, it's kind of like chicken and egg sometimes. I say, okay, so to society, we say, what? So they promised you financial freedom in, in a month and you thought that was correct. Yeah, you're a bit of an idiot as well. You're promising this. Okay, you're a bit an idiot as well. It's like, who do you blame? It's, it's yeah. hard. Well, I've, I've spoke to both. I've spoke to the people who really don't know much about the education side of it, but they're selling a lot. And I've spoke to people who have paid for it who don't know anything. And I understand the, the views from both sides. Yeah. And one of the educators that I spoke to in the property industry, who I don't like very much, by the way, said to me, if I don't take the money, someone else is going to take the money. Well, how do you argue with that? Because then it's just down to your moral compass. 
um, and yes. how you want to be perceived. I don't think this care person cares how they're ever going to be perceived. Um, but maybe their children will feel how they was perceived when they walk down the street and someone says, your dad ripped me off 20 years ago and my, my parents ended up with nothing. It's a, just a very tough subject. It is, but no one thinks, like, it's like with health, you know, people smoke, people drink, people do all this stuff, but you have one cigarette, you don't suddenly get lung cancer, you don't suddenly get an issue, it takes 20 years. So yeah, it's fine with diet. You don't really see the issues for many years. So it's the same thing with this. People don't think about the future. They just think, oh, that's the account now. We good. You yeah. know, and they don't think about the future. People struggle with long-term vision. Yeah. Let's get off that subject because this could turn into a podcast <clears throat> that probably reaches a million views if we start saying people's names. And I'm not really about it will, that. And it's not my podcast. So if anyone wants to sue anyone, you're suing him, not me. Yes. Thank you. It's all sponsored by the logo. <laughs> so, guys, conspiracy theories. Ooh. Here we go. Duna has just <laughs> laughed his head off because Duna and me have a very, very, very good opinion on, on, on conspiracy theories. He thinks I'm crazy, to be fair, sometimes. He actually genuinely does. He looks at me and he's like, mm, here he goes again. <laughs> there you go. See, look at the, have you seen him ever react like that? No, no. Exactly. He's ready for the engagement. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you could see this behind the camera. So... Are you into them? Do you believe them? Is there anything out there that you think is like COVID or something like that? Is there something that you've got? Yeah, yeah. That's I, think, I think nothing is what we are told and nothing is what we believe. Like I think um, things like 9-11, for example, if we're going to go there, I think there's a lot of evidence as to it being an in-house thing. Um, COVID, I mean, whether it was sped on purpose or not, the way it was handled was just... I don't even think it's a conspiracy. I think it's facts, the way the government handled it. Um, I don't know. Give me some other examples of conspiracy theories. Um, the pyramids. I think there's a lot of strong people carrying a lot of stuff. It's a no that, that's a crazy one, isn't it? You could literally go all day about stuff like that. You could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you pay any attention to stuff like this? <sighs> Do you read it? Do you watch? No, because I think a lot of it is news and stuff. I think m with my scientific brain, I always like to like, okay, what's the evidence? What's behind that? Because so, you're very analytical. Yeah. And that's why I brought this up, because you're someone who's matter of fact. Yeah, like if you can't prove it to me, or at least, I mean, look, we can't prove how the universe started. But we can theorize it. If you can give me at least a theory or at least something around it, then I'll listen to it. But there's so much out there in every single sector about, ooh, eat liver and then your liver benefits from it. What? Sorry, there's no scientific benefit in this. Or like, you know, cosmetic stuff. And there's so much bullshit out there that I tend to just ignore it. Unless you, you know, you bring it up like this or we're, you know, chatting, I'll, I'll kind of engage. Like if I like you and trust you. But if it's just on the news or some crap, I'm just like, oh, I'll just leave it, man. It's not for you. I'd rather just play Xbox or do a podcast or something. Do you consume a lot of it, um, social media? Not not just the um, conspiracy theory. Do you, do you consume a lot of social media? Yeah. I think without realizing it, yes. Do we all do that? Yeah, oh, a million percent. It's the do it's, you open it, you scroll, dopamine, serotonin, everything's hitting you, everything's you know being absorbed by you. That's why there's certain people, and at your events, people say to me, oh, Ted, when are you going to follow me? When are you going to give me a follow back? Always. And I'm like, shut up. Do you know I get called out all the time? Yeah, but I don't want to see your shit. <laughs> this is for you. You know who you are, people. If I don't want to see it, I'm not going to follow. I'm sorry. It's as simple as that. If you're posting good content and you're building a brand, I will support you and I will follow. 99% of these people are not. They just want a follow. I'm like, make me follow. 
do something good enough to make me follow. Um, so I tend to just like say, no, nah, I'm not following you, like dead, dead Instagram. I get called out massively. So I was on stage at one event and I was like, your social media is good. Cause I do watch, but he was like, well, you never like or reshare. And I was like, ah. <laughs> I mean, fair enough like, to them. The way that my Instagram account is set yeah. up, um, it takes three days. Oh, wow. Wow, you do not follow Duna, but you call him a genius. Yeah, but it's just him in like shorts and like getting a tan and shit. Like literally, it's a bare so shorts, he does know. man. He does know. So he's watched and he saw. Wow. See what I said? If I don't want to follow, I'm not. If he posted video editing shit, I'd be all over it. But he doesn't. Yeah, look, he's posting right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I um I got called out and. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen your face. Yeah. I was just literally, like I said, I was like, the way my, my Instagram account set up, it's like three days for me to, to reach it. And then by the time it comes back around, it's another one to come and I made it up on the spot there. Very and then, good, very good. But he good. did call me out on stage in front of 250 people. Um, did you enjoy that? No. Because <laughs> because it was, um, it, it made me, it, well, it made me realise that I need to interact a little you bit more. You do interact more because you never used to like and comment on my stuff. Don't you and start <laughs> calling me out. But I have now, now I have yeah. openly taken it on, on my own responsibilities now to, to like. And okay. Okay. I've, I, I fuck with this one. Okay. Oh, so you are. So there is something. Because no, the Red Hot Chili Pepper video as well. They did on, they did on this as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see America doing this. America's just America. Can you pull up the picture of the actual, um, the, the spacecraft that they actually landed on the moon with TT? Guys, like a, so like just to let you all know, TT, the, the guy that makes everything happen, the guy that literally speaks to me like he's my wife, bosses me about He's the guy that's making all of this happen. So it's the fourth one along, TT. So yeah. So I think that's it. No, no. Yeah, go back, TT, please. There is. Oh, is that it? So just put um. If you just put in Google, please, the um spacecraft of the moon landing. Guys, tell me if this thing landed. Comment below and tell me whether you believe this thing landed on the moon. Tej, give me your thought process on this. Do you genuinely believe that this thing here, that's what they flew to space, landed on the moon in that, got out, put an American <laughs> flag in the moon. What's your thought process on that? Because you said you fuck with this one. Uh, you know what? I... I can see them doing it because it was a while ago and they do wrap stuff in literally aluminium foil. <laughs> so I can, I get it looks a bit weird, but I do get space materials and stuff like that. However, you look at it with pure logic and you think really like it, it just, it, it's a very, <sighs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's, this is why I fuck with it. Cause I'm like, mm, and why was there wind on the moon? You know, the flag was waving. Apparently they said that's some gravitational shit, but the flag would surely just drop or be up or like, there's no wind on the moon, is there? Is there wind on the moon? There's no well, atmosphere. apparently there's not, apparently. So I, I watch um, a lot of stuff to do with Joe Rogan because he's my thing and uh, favorite and he has a lot of guests on from certain things. And he played this video once and it was Hillary Clinton, um, um, Bill Clinton, I think Bill Gates, and Barack Obama. And it was like segments from four um, interviews they did. And they all mention 
breaking the glass ceiling around the earth. And it sounded like that once you go to a certain level, you can't get through. And he was explaining it and he was like, there is something around the earth that is like a like a thing that you can't get through. And when he played it and, he, and there was someone on there talking about it, I was like, wow, that but makes sense. How do satellites and rockets, everything get up there I now? I think it's like- way higher than that. I think it's way higher than that in what they were talking about. So when I talk about conspiracy theory, I'm not a lunatic that will openly If go, you say so, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, so, an, yeah. I'm not then Duna's laughing over there. <laughs> so I'm not an absolute lunatic, but I am. Diana's death was 100% faked. You know who did it. That, today's the day. You know who did it. leave me out of it but talking about the royal family oh dear today is the day isn't it i don't know they put a a hat on his head or something it didn't even fit it must have been made in england then so you are definitely not are you so okay i'm just gonna ask the question are you a fan of the royals no and is there a reason and there's nothing wrong with not being a fan of the royals i'm so unbothered like today is um, the king's coronation. I haven't seen anything. Obviously, I've heard it because it's all over the news. I haven't watched it. Am I bothered about him being the king? No. Am I unbothered about him being the king? No. Am I upset he's the king? No. It's part and parcel of life, and I pay no attention. That's my thing. But what is it about the royal family that's not for you? I think the real history of Britain is something that a lot of people don't understand and won't understand. And there are a lot of books, there's a lot of real history written that doesn't get taught and won't ever be taught because it paints Britain in the picture of what Britain was and is still in some senses of colonialism, of empire, of pillaging, of raping, of murder, of taking things they shouldn't, i.e. the Queen... She had a diamond in her crown and it was called the Kohinoor diamond. I know all about it. Does that sound like English to you? Nope. Nope. We'll tell the story so the viewers... So the Kohinoor diamond, it's got an incredible story, but it was taken from from India, right? Kohinoor means, I think, all eternal or all lasting light. And for some reason, it's in the English Queen's crown. Amongst many things that were taken from India, from Africa, from all these different countries during the era of colonialism and, and, and during slavery, which England was a part of, the whole royal family is still based on this fetish almost of like colonialism and empire and ruling and taking things that aren't theirs. And the fact we still have it, it's good for tourism, as far as I know, brings in some money, stuff like that. But it's just like, it doesn't make sense. If you understand the history, for me, there's nothing to celebrate, you know, because my family's lives were affected by it. The partition in India, 1947, for example, that was done by the royals you know and many stories before that and i just it just is it's just not a nice taste to look at and see and celebrate because like i don't know what i'm celebrating you know like england only stopped repaying so when slave owners had slaves who should get repaid for the lives they had to lead the slaves surely britain only i think it was in 2015 only then did it stop repaying slave owners for their losses. And this is all documented. It's like in the documents. I just think 2015, you lot were still paying slave owners because of the loss. And this is all empire and royal and colonialism. So there's so much in it. Empire Land is a really, really good book people should read. But I just see no benefit to it. You know, I know this is not my country. I don't give a shit. Like, do what you want. It doesn't bother me on a day to day. But when people celebrate it, I think 
do you know where the money's come from for this? Do you know where his property empires come from? Do you know where? Do you think that's just basically because they don't want to and it's not taught in schools and nobody wants to do the research and you just brought up with the royal family or the rulers? Absolutely. It's just, it's media, isn't it? It's like in school, you learn what you're told that, oh, England had a great role in abolishing slavery. Yeah, but who was part of it for how many years? Who was enjoying it for how many years? Who almost just till recently was living off the benefits? So it's like, you're taught what you're told. And if you were the ruler of a country, would you want to talk about the bad shit you did? No. Sweep under the rug and say, great country, fly the flag, do this. And it's not just England. It's like so many countries, America's even worked, like so many countries all over the world do this. They teach what they want to teach. They tell you what they want to tell you because who wants to talk about that stuff? Do you think the royal family are actually gaining more negative press than they are positive press or do you think that's not I, it was on tv at the gym this morning and i looked up and saw the crowds and thought it's not what it used to be it's not what it used to be but also it's still absolutely packed oh okay people, i haven't seen yeah it, so. like it was packed people are talking you know all the celebs that you know everyone's there showing face doing their thing it's still a thing you know people are celebrating it you see the flags and the bunting and where i live they're having a street party thank god i'm here not on my street um to see all that. like it's not what it used to be there is definitely more negativity and i think more people kind of waking up to like wait why have we got this again because like the prime minister does stuff like they're just sort of there but it is a you know culturally in this country it's a strong thing you know king in his king in his castle or whatever they say so yeah yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the one thing I did see, um, not today, from the build-up to this, is the Harry, Prince Harry's role in this. So his father is becoming the king of a country after, I don't even know, does anyone know how old? He's 70? 70 years, his dad is now becoming the king because obviously his mom passed away. Um, and Harry apparently is on the third row. Oh. They didn't know that whether he was coming or not. And from all what I'm seeing, apparently he's going to stay just to see it. And then he's not even going for food with them. He's getting on a plane straight back I'd to have America. I'd free food, to be fair. When we say food, me and you are talking about going for like some like a curry or a Yeah, they're having like coronation chicken and yeah, yeah, some no spaghetti flavor. bolognese or something. They're going <laughs> for a meal meal. Do you, do you ever, have you seen anything with this Harry thing or anything with this him and his wife? Is there any opinion you have on that? Yeah, I think the way they were treated by the royal family. Harry's the one with ginger hair, isn't he? Yeah. Actual hair. Harry's the confused. one that seems to have um, Harry and Meghan. a personality. Yes. The way they were treated by the royal family, various documents that were released, various things. And look, it's all speculation. It's all, oh, they said this, they said this. None of it's really a surprise, given the history of the royal family and, and, like I said, empire. It's not a surprise. And actually, some things are so explicit and people refuse to see it. For example, Daily Mail, right? The most scummy newspaper there is. They'll, the, people have done this, and you can like go and find it on Instagram, whatever. They'll literally have one headline for his brother, William, and whatever Kate. her face, Kate. And it will be, oh, Kate, beautiful mother of child, all this stuff. And it will have a totally race, racially inspired or uh, racist undertone or overtone about Harry and Meghan. And it will almost be the same thing. Meghan leaves child at home for two seconds. Whereas if Kate does it, then it's, oh, she let the child breathe for two seconds. How wonderful. And like, there's been like 10 plus headlines of almost the same thing painted totally, like explicitly different words about each couple. And there's one difference in each couple. 
So people need to go figure. Like it's explicit how it's done. Do you like Harry? From what you've seen or anything? I mean, if I had to pick one of them, then it would be him. It would be him. Okay. Because, like you said, there seems to be a personality. Yes, he did a Netflix documentary, the opera stuff, made money, for, whatever. But out of all of them, he seems the one who seems to be in a bit more in 2023, whereas the rest of them maybe a bit in the past. And yeah. I, f I could chat to him. I feel like if I was with Charles or Henry or whatever their fucking names are, I'd just be like, you right, boss? Yeah. Podcast with Harry. Listen, it'll get me. It'll get me views. Be pretty cool. It would. Who's your dream podcast guest? Oh, this Birmingham property guy. What's his name? Yeah, um, yeah that, that that I'll do that for you. That's not good. <laughs> so that, who's um, who is your dream? Like, if you could pick one person ever, dead or alive, I would love to get on. Okay, who's had a real impact in? You know, I don't know. I think along the lines of. For me, it'd be someone who's had an impact in the world in more way than more ways than one. It would be someone who would share their opinions openly and not hide them. There's not many of them. There's not many of them. I think they probably existed more um, before social media. Maybe. I can't. I can't actually think of a single person. Um, I mean, yeah, I can't think of someone. Really? Yeah, like you know what it is. Because because there's so many people that you could. You could put I think there, there are so many that I couldn't pick one, but also because I don't really listen to many podcasts. I probably listen to like two or three, and that's kind of it. More for the guests who come on. What type of podcast would you listen to? So like, I know properties are a thing, and this dream big podcast is actually expanding mm -hmm. outside of the property world yeah, as well. Yeah. It's mainly going to be property people, but I want to understand other things that they do and other interests that they have. What podcast, like, what do you interest? If you're driving down the motorway to see me today and you put a podcast on, what do you want to listen about? What topics? I want to listen to entrepreneurship, business, uh, health and fitness, uh, science when it comes to nutrition, uh, or even like physiology, like joint health, things like that. I would listen to some philosophy, like Stoicism by like Ryan Holiday. For me, the main thing is I want it to be, I don't... Like people's stories are really interesting and their lives are really interesting, but I kind of like when podcasts are very practical, i.e. here's 10 steps to do this. Here's how I did this, not listen to my convoluted life story and pick out learnings. I, I do like that sometimes, but for me, I'm like, right, I've got 20 minutes, just give me the source. So you want as much information in that 20 minutes, that's straight to the point. Okay, because some people love the other side of it. Like yeah. you said, they like the conversation, they like to understand people. So I, 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 get, I get the both sides. I'm very much about what I want to listen to at the time. Mm. And I just like to put something on that depending on what mood I'm in, where I'm traveling to and how long I've got, that's me. I have yeah. no real, I can listen to property. Um, I'll tell you what I did watch, which is, which is I don't know whether TT is going to be interested in this. S um, Stephen Hendry, the snooker player. Oh yeah. Um, I think he was seven time world champion. He literally popped up on my YouTube um, where he plays pool of uh, snooker with a guest. Oh, that's cool. And it was Ben Foster, who's um, who's an ex West Bromwich Albion goalkeeper who has just been promoted with Wrexham. And I watched it, and I was like, "Wow, this is seriously that's it. so cool." Because they had a conversation over a game of snooker, that's and it cool. got my attention. Um, so I'm very eclectic. I think the word is at anything that I see when I'm out there, but. The guests on a podcast, when I ask you who's your who's your dream guest, and you, you couldn't really give me a direct answer because the obvious ones are Elon Musk, 
Yeah. Steve Jobs. Yep. Michael Jackson. People who have changed the world. But people who watch podcasts and listen to podcasts in today's world seem to want people who are more relatable to them. A million percent. It connects. Like, if you have Steve Jobs on, I mean, that's not me. And it never will be me. And I don't want that to be me. And, like, he's even if I wanted to be him, he's a million steps ahead of me. Where's the person who's four steps in front of me that I can say, I could do that this year, next exactly. year? So I think podcasts with less well-known people are becoming very, very popular. Before, you needed a thumbnail if it was on YouTube. My guest today is Michael Jackson, which is not going to happen, guys. But yeah, my guest today is Elvis Presley. And oh my God, look who's on the podcast. Now it's my guest today is somebody who is there, like you said, four steps ahead. They probably have, you know, 30 houses, a couple of nice cars, you know, a bit of a following, um, got two really good businesses and I want to I want to learn from them because I feel like I'm rela- I'm relatable you're not really relatable to Elon Musk and stuff like that but yeah so you can't give me an answer still got no one in your head <sighs> Martin Luther King's comes to mind oh wow so you just straight to the topic again bam Sh- yeah, boom just straight to Burner Boy a hunt, yeah, but I was thinking What Burner would Boy. you want to speak to Burner Boy about? Because I only listen to his songs, but what, 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 what would you like to ask him? How he, I mean, he's hustled for a long time, you know? Like, everyone knows him now, but people didn't know him five, six years ago. Um, people didn't know him when he was, like, living in Brixton and, like, making music and combining, like, different genres. And So I'd just say to him, like, what kept you going this whole time? How, where did your creativity come from? The swag, talking about the swag. Swag. Come on. Let's <laughs> talk about your swag. So... We went to D. Ludlow and Aaron Branch's event together. Um, they asked me to be the guest speaker. Did, did you speak? <coughs> Sorry, did I ask that question live on the, on the channel? Um, I don't need to speak. Everyone knew who I was as soon as I walked in. <clears throat> Where did you sit? At the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, because you're guest speaker at our black tie event. So that puts us back on... But yeah, back, back on, on... Back on... Back on thingy. But... We was there. You rocked up. As I do. What would you actually call them things that covered your legs? You know what? I've been, they're not flares because they didn't go out. They were baggy, kind of like soul train. I'm going to say 80s, maybe early 90s, kind of like baggy, but still fitted around the booty. Yeah, they're still fitting around there. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Straight-legged, beige off-white mayonnaise with a blue pinstripe not pinstripe blue i don't know like a two-inch stripe down the side listen people love those tra- literally they are like my my statement piece people love them are you a fashionista no but i haven't been for the past years of my life yeah i've been dressing like shit and my wife's like you represent us both now can you change yourself and she approved them trousers when you she went out she loved them I i'm saw not them having in it Zara and not having it listen all my outfits are approved by her i said in 2023, I'm going to be a fashion icon. Okay. And I'm delivering. I wish we had a photo. Do we have a photo, guys? We really do. We have a photo. <laughs> Show them. I should have brought them with me. and frame. I'm going to frame them when I'm done with them. Guys, you we'll need to, you. to comment below <laughs> on your thoughts on these. Now, he asked me to take a picture with him. He actually said to you me. You didn't know because there's no picture of us. Yeah, I know. I was... What? <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly them that was them nah nah this is not this is not it not having it people don't comment <laughs> see t- 
TT, one of a kind, absolutely amazing. But you are, um, you you do have some swag, don't you? I know we all know you for your yellow hoodie because that is your brand, that's your marketing. But when you are at events, you do make an effort, don't you? I do. It's on my Instagram now. I think I, I have to. Can I just go said, on to his Instagram as well, please, while we're here. I, I just said I need to make more effort. First impressions are really important, and being in luxury real estate, you know, first impressions. Super, super important. Super important. Super important. The crochet jumper there. Oh, there you are at another one of our events. Yeah, that's the swag. I mean... That was a little bit like more... But did you notice the beige and orange on the side of the trouser yes. stripe matches the top and matches the bottom? And it was property circle colours. And which, it was... Which you didn't think of at the time. I but didn't, but represent. Where is the Aaron branch? That's an, Again, you're at our event, which is pretty cool. Yeah, really good photo. When I asked you to give me the keys to your car, you said no. I don't remember that, but yes, we was there. What do you mean I can't... Go back onto that, please. Let's see what that was. <laughs> it was a caption competition. What do you mean I can't drive your performante? <laughs> Where the, is my gold VIP pass? I did say that, Aaron's event. You did say that, I didn't did. you? The first caption, I think, is fact by Shaz there. What did Shaz say? If we go back onto there, Shaz says, the exact moment Stephen told Ted that there's no after party tonight. <laughs> this is, you are the, the after party king. I'm not Beanie Man is a dancehall. There we go. There we go. Yeah, that's no, no, a, up. It's the one. That's above swag that one, as well. That's, see, that's combining the Indian with the, the West. It's a real, so it's not gonna. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, we we do have the vision. You know, I'll go home and take a picture with him, and you boys can edit it. In, you know. Okay. Swag. What's at the black tie events? What are you coming to the black tie events, guys? Just to let you know, June the tenth, we have a black tie event. We have. Property by Kazi, Charlotte Edwards, the accidental female developer, Andrew Roberts, Ranjan Bhattacharo, and this guy. Guest speaker, top of the night, because you did mention it to me previously. Did I? Did you mention I it to me previously? I just don't want to miss food, but yeah. Did you mention it to me previously? What does top of the night mean? You're the main speaker. You're the and you're the one that I wasn't even speaking at this event. All the mill you just said, come along, bro. Yep, and you always speak. And but <laughs> at this one, June the tenth, you are top number um, one. Okay, so there you go. Repaid you again. And you've sold out without even advertising. Well, again. we added thirty-five tickets. I saw um, it. Did we you added put it, like, by the kitchens around the back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we shortened the stage. So the stage was going to be 15 metres by 3 metres. Of course it was. So now we've gone to 10 metres by 3 metres, which meant we could add 35 more tickets. Oh, sick. So I think we advertised 35 tickets a couple of days ago, and I think we sold like another 15 of them, which is pretty cool. Standard. Um, are you going to make a statement that night? Is there anything that you are going to do that everybody who watches this, when they turn up on the night, the guests that have managed to get a ticket, is there something you can think of? It's black tie. Can you put a twist on it? Yeah. Can I? Can you pull up True Pal? T R U. Oh Powell. yeah, the Birmingham guy. This is my guy. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. a very good friend of mine and Isabella's. We've known him a very long time. On Instagram, please pull up True he, Pal. He's famous, famous, isn't he? Like TV and all that. GMTV. Yeah. Um, yeah. He is. Swag as well. He's a very, very, very good person. That's it. There you go. Top one. Blue tick. Blue tick and everything. Blue tick and everything. Now, let's check his, um, his swag out. So he if we he go does down, have swag, to be fair. We have the pink top. Oh, I love the, I love with, the pink the jacket. I'm going to comment on that. Where did you get look, that from? Can you click on that one, please? That is the one. Look at that. My man. That is like wedding. What do you think of that? 
You know what? I, I had two ideas for your black tie, but now, now you're goading me. Okay, if fine. You, if you just do one more picture, please, TT. If we can get one more of true. Let's you, see. You just... Oh, the, the shirt. The oh shirt. Oh, my God. This guy's a swagadon. Look at that. The velvet. Look at that. True, take me shopping. Let's go boring. Take me. The pink suit. The I love pink the pink suit. suit. I remember I commented on that thing. He's somebody that I see dress impeccably Ooh. all the time. Some of it's out there for me. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a, a black jumper, black hoodie. Capsule black wardrobe, bottoms. they call it. All black, white shoes, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that's me. All, is it capsule? Yeah, because it's like it's in a capsule or something. You don't have to think about it. You wake up and go on, I'm out. Yeah, everything I usually wear is black. I mean, look at that one. Look at that oh, one. Oh, I love that. And then he does have the, the, the black tie. Yeah, yeah, he does but, have the black he tie. he mixes it up. So do you think that you could... Oh, that's, um, that's you, that is. <laughs> that is you. Um, you know, I've got, I've got something in mind. I need to do. make sure it still fits, but I've got, I've got something in mind. It's, yeah, 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 it's levels. It's, not, it's not black though, but I don't care. I'm, no, no, I'm saying to you, we give you permission to not come in black. Okay. I, I've got one or two ideas. If not, then I'm going to have to see my boys and get something custom made. Do you accept that shipped. challenge? I accept the challenge, done. And you've said that on the channel? I've said it. Okay. Guys, Tej is going to be the center of attention on the night of June the 10th. I'm an introvert though. I just like to sit in the corner and stuff. So mm. yeah, people just talk to me if you see me looking shy. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I've tried to find a yellow suit, the amount of times and I can't find one. I think you could pull that off. I could. I've been to ASOS, Boohoo, Zara, no one has it. I think, I don't know about the green face, but I think you yeah, have got that in your locker. Hundred. Listen, anyone watching this, if you have a tailoring company, sort me out. Just yellow suit. Come sort me out, please. I'm excited. I'm excited. Because I know you will stand on. June the 10th. I might not wear black either. Well, last time you didn't even wear a tie. Like, you were definitely not following your own dress code. I saw you and thought, what? He made me put on these shoes. He's, he's you know. Oh. Yeah. Perks of having Yeah, perks of being, being the guy. It's yeah, true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's being, true. Guy, yeah. being the guy. It's true. So, right. We're going to end the podcast. Dream big. The podcast is dream about you being in a yellow suit. Oh, people might be more of a nightmare for some people. We'll see. Let's get that one out. Maybe, um, maybe you can pull up in the Audi yellow suit. <sighs> maybe if, if you know, if I'm allowed, if I'm allowed, you know. Okay. I've never put the into gear. Yeah, I just, <laughs> just revved it. Yeah. <laughs> so next guest, you get to pick somebody you feel that we should have on this podcast that can add value or inspire and motivate. You can pick anybody within reason. I don't like reason. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> anybody who is really there that you know we can reach out to and we will get a response. To an extent, obviously, you can still think it, but if you start saying people like George Clooney and stuff, that's not going to happen. So who do you want on or who do you think that we should get on? Micah Richards. Wow. He's so funny. So funny. I just feel he like is. it would just be constant laughter. Like, it just has to be done. His laugh is contagious, isn't it? You might need to lift this up because his quads, are, he's, he's a big guy, so you might, he's hench. You might I actually him. know a couple of people who know him. I so, know you so, do. So, that's that, so that could actually... And then I want AJ because I know you know him. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> I can, get someone like that. I can see. I can see Michael Richards one hundred percent. Do it. Okay. What would? What question would you like me to ask Michael Richards? Um, how does he handle the fact that he's got so big, not doing football, and he's 
commentating on it and being a pundit, but he doesn't get to sort of be in the limelight playing anymore. How does that feel for him as someone who played it for so long? Yeah. Do you think he? Do you think he's bigger on now than he was when he played? Yeah. Okay. Much bigger. When he played, he was like just there's standard. a really re- standard like <laughs> Mike I love you but like standard so there's an unbelievable <laughs> clip where he says uh, uh, there's a I don't know what player they're talking about at Man City at the time yeah and then he was like you know as a youngster I burst onto the yeah, scene yeah I've seen this they mocked and then for Roy Keane he's absolutely yeah. pissing himself and goes you burst onto the scene <laughs> when um, and then he was like yeah I was 19 scored ahead of England called up and this and that and they're just laughing their heads off so he's banter him uh, Terry Kate and um, what's his name uh, this, Jamie they're so funny together I so went um, I went and watched Terry on replay against Aston Villa and um, it was a very long time ago and he touched the ball twice and both times he scored and he walked down the um, tunnel and there was a, a football player who sadly is not with us anymore um, J. Lloyd Samuel he fell on top of Thierry Henry at the end of the game and accidentally elbowed him and he's split all his lip and everything he's bleeding and as he came off the pitch I was actually went downstairs to the back of the tunnel and we was there and we watched all the players come through and he did not have one drip of sweat on his head. And I'll never, ever forget this. He played 90-odd minutes, cut lip, all bleeding. N- didn't even look like he had a game of football, scored two goals. And he must have been like, oh, you're Steve Hamilton. Uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, you're going to be on a Dream Big podcast uh, in the future. But Thierry Henry, somebody who I actually would like to, to speak to, he's so cool. Mm, like, he's so cool. But so Mika Richards, I'm there. It's going to happen. We're going to get him on here one way or another. Guys, anybody else has got any connections with Mika Richards and mine don't work, Comment below. Let's see if we can get him on. We'll donate some money to charity or something if he comes on and does this for us. So that's it. Another another Steve Tedge day has ended. What can I say? It's been amazing. Thanks for having me. The topics have been very diverse, very interesting. Yes. I mean, nice reels made from this. Lots of, you know, clips and stuff. It's been very diverse. It's been very. I know that for a fact, which hopefully brings a new kind of audience yeah. And people have seen a different side to you. So it's not yellow, it's not moaning, it's not talking, <laughs> and it's not property. All the things I like to do, to be All fair. All the things you like to do. Guys, massive thank you for Tej being here again on a Saturday. On a Saturday. And he will be at the June 10th event. So yeah, I massively appreciate that. Guys, Mick and Richards will be here one day. Guarantee. Thank you so much for watching. Please smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you are not a subscriber. Again, if you haven't subscribed, please support us, guys. Please smash that subscribe button as well as the like button. And I will see you guys for another podcast very, very, very soon.